Hi, Liz Winstead, co-creator of The Daily Show and founder of Abortion Access Front, or as we call it, Abortion AF. Abortion AF is a nonprofit created by activists, organizers, and a variety of showbiz types who want to use our talents and platforms to raise awareness to the erosion of abortion access and create programs that help us reclaim this fundamental right. We help connect local abortion providers and activists with their community so folks can learn how to help clinics stay open, patients access care, and reverse the current decimation of bodily autonomy. We also get into good trouble exposing the lies of the anti-abortion movement at their churches, their rallies, and their religious-based fake abortion clinics where creepy people doing some sort of medical cosplay demonize folks seeking abortion care instead of providing it. Oh yeah, and our weekly podcast, Feminist Buzzkills Live, we use facts and humor to wade through the ever-changing news in this hellscape. To learn more or to make a donation, visit aafront.org. Exposing sexist ass clowns has never been more rewarding. Waywo TV is from before left studio audience being held against their will. Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of Waywo.tv. Vape Crusaders will be returning in a couple of weeks. Unfortunately, BJ had to head over to Orlando, the worst place on earth. Today in the studio we have Terry Moore, the comics legend. He won the Eisner Award, the Harvey Award, and he created Strangers in Paradise, also worked on over at Marvel. We also might have a return, hopefully, performance from Gravy Boat, but for now let's head on over to George Carlin Podcast Studio and meet up with BJ Mendelson. Let's go! Hello Terry, thank you. Uh, so much for joining me today on uh, what are you working on? Uh, I guess we could get right into it. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're what you're currently working on? Uh, well, I'm an indie creator, and uh, I've been doing that my own comics since 1993, uh, starting with Strangers in Paradise, and then I did a bunch of other books that we can list later if you want. And currently, I'm working on a, a new series that hasn't. It's going to launch in August. And it's titled Parker Girls. And it's actually a spinoff from the very first book I ever did, Strangers in Paradise. Oh, wow. What was the, what, what was the impetus to come back and revisit the material after so long? The Parker Girls were actually kind of, uh, they, were a, they were a story that was never explored. So, uh, you know, they, it's endless how many adventures that they could have or what's going on in their world. I mean, it's just, it's an untapped world that I just had to get into at some point or another. Yeah. I mean, Strangers in Paradise, you know, the, the awards speak for themselves, but I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, what, what brought you to comics in the first place. Um, what I wanted to do was, I, I just felt this need to tell a story that I could not find. I was looking everywhere uh, for a story about someone like Francine and Kachu, my two main characters in Strangers in Paradise. These people, uh, these two ladies who are will they or won't they, and they start at opposite ends of the spectrum. And the long story eventually brings them together. They intersect, singularity, they cross, and they end up on the other side. So... Um, it was just something I wanted to, to read. And I, I looked around for a love story kind of like that, and I really couldn't find it at that time. This was about 1992, 91. And uh, it really motivated me, well, if you want to read it, Terry, make it yourself. And that's what I did. And I, when I finished like the first 30 pages, I took it around and showed people. And um, I was really dying for a career in comics, and I was very motivated. So from there, it just snowballed. Well, where did the love for the comics uh, as a medium come from? 
Uh, well, for, as a child, um, at first I just enjoyed them for the adventure that they were. But um, I think when I got to be like, you know, 10 uh, and older, as a teenager, what you're always looking for is escape, whether it's your band or your journal or your skating, whatever. Um, for me, it was drawing and making characters and stories. And my hero for this was uh, Charles Schultz, because growing up, uh, I wish I could live in that neighborhood. That neighborhood was better than my neighborhood. Um, it was more fun. It had a charm and a magic to it. You never knew what was going to happen at the ball field or the skating rink. You can just picture it. Uh, when I got older, I realized, you know, as you, when you hit 30 and things get hard and the bills are big and all that, I really needed that escape again. And I realized what Charles Schultz had done. Um, he had made a better place. He felt the same way. He was very sensitive. Life really took a toll on him. And um, he would prefer to be somewhere else. And he did it with his pen. And that's what that was his escape. You know, some people write because they need to tell the truth. Some people write just for the escape of it and their charming little friends and all that. And I think a lot of fantasy books are kind of that way. And um, but that yeah, that's what I learned from Charles Schultz and Peanuts is um, if you want to go to a better place, draw it and write it yourself. Right. I think that it's beautiful advice. Let me let me ask. I'm curious knowing what you know now about the world of comics and your time in it, is there anything that you would go back and say to the you that was just starting out with Strangers in Paradise? Um, that's a really hard question. I don't know what I would tell me. Um, the only thing that I've really enforced over the last... 25 plus years. Every day I always wake up and go to a convention. I kind of said a little mantra or a prayer to myself. And that was be nice. Be nice. Be grateful. Uh, don't say anything wrong to hurt anybody's feeling or spoil their day. And I'm so grateful for my career. By the time I got here, I'd already been through a couple of others. One of the first things I noticed about a comic convention was that the vibe was so good. It, it was a cheerful room to be in. And it's because everybody who's there is there because they want to be. It's not like a business convention where we all do refrigerators or something. Uh, so I, I was so glad to find this, you know, it's so different from the stuff I did before. So I, I think I, I made a lot of faux pas in speaking in the first few years. Uh, just being flip, you know, Monty Python flip. And it doesn't always play to the room. So I wish I'd been more considerate in my early years and not said, you know, like try to make a joke and people would, you know, you'd, I, I don't know. You just kind of learn how to behave yourself as you, as you go. Hey, it's me, God. I know it's been a while and I haven't been the best dad especially this century. Well, I was going through some shit, and you know what? 
I'm not going to talk about it. All you need to know is that I'm doing commercials now. I've got bills to pay too. Do you have any idea how much I just lost on crypto? A lot. A lot. And so now God needs your money. Like for real this time. Not like all those other times every Sunday. You know who else needs your money? B.J. Mendelson. So give him $5 by visiting buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. That website again is buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. Buymeacoffee.com slash B.J. Mendelson. And if you don't give B.J. your money, you and I are going to have problems. Big ones. Hi, I'm Mike Reese. I've been writing for The Simpsons for 30 years. But in my spare time, I travel. I've been to Iran, Iraq, the North Pole, the South Pole, Chernobyl. (laughs) These are my vacations, folks. I've even been to North Korea. That's the scary Korea. It's all in my new travel podcast on the Believe Network called What Am I Doing Here? It's fast, it's funny, and it's factual enough. You'll hear how I was robbed in Rio, kidnapped in Honduras, dangled from a cliff in Pakistan, and chased by a lady with a meat cleaver again in Honduras. I had a lot of problems in Honduras. Each week I visit all the world's hot spots and hell holes so you don't have to. You're welcome. Download and subscribe to What Am I Doing Here? wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's something I'm still learning. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. a lifetime. The more I learn, the more I shut up. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, let me let me ask you because I'm gonna I'm gonna just pivot a little bit to the, this beautiful YouTube channel that that you're running that that's showing people how to illustrate. I, I think this is wonderful. I'd love to hear about where, where when did this start and what what, you know, what was the thought process behind it. Well, uh, we wanted to get on YouTube. Um, we felt like we were the only people that weren't taking advantage of that platform. And the only thing we could do is talk to our fans once a week and give an update, you know. Uh, so we did that. And that's like the first few minutes of each program. So we do it every Sunday. We have a new program. And then I also have this instruction book on my shelf over here. And Robin, my wife, said, you know, why don't you just do a sketch uh, every show and talk about it, how you do it? Um, so I thought, yeah, I can do that. So that's the platform. I mean, that's the basis of each show. We do a summary, a Q&A, take questions, and then I do a sketch. And that way, uh, people who are interested can... Uh, I can touch base with them once a week and we stay in touch. And it's kind of developed over the COVID period where we were all cut off, you know. Um, so it's reconnecting. I was gonna I was gonna say, was this was this driven in part by the pandemic for looking for that connection that was lost? Yeah, absolutely, because the last time I went out in public, um well, I've been somewhere this year, but was in 2020 uh, at Chicago at the first of the year. So then there was that long year and a half, and we were looking for a way to, to replace the shows, the appearances. And, of course, online is the way to do that. And it just kind of worked out. Very natural. 
I think it's I think it's wonderful. It, it reminds me a little bit of like Bob Ross for comics. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which which I really like because I've always yeah. thought that really seems like a thing this industry could use. So I, I was I was just wonder, it was just elated when I saw your your channel. Um, I heard that before, and I'm so glad it's being compared to a nice guy instead of you know a jerk. <laughs> right, right. I, I can't think of a better company to be in than, than Bob Ross, Mister Rogers. I mean that's just great. Um, better than Krusty the Clown. Yes, <laughs> yes. Although Krusty can have fun. I think Krusty would be a bit more fun than Mr. Rogers at the track. <laughs> like, <it> just, <laughs> uh, let, me, let me ask you, though. So now going back to the Strangers in Paradise material and the characters, what did you find yourself easily slipping back into that creative mindset for that book? Or was it sort of like uh, coming at something brand new that just so happened to share similarities to a past work? Um, for me, it's uh, a brand new story. Of course, it's uh, all my books work in a linear timeline, and they all are in the same uh, country at the same time. You know, so it's it's all it can be connected. You know, it's uh, the Kevin Bacon Seven Degrees thing. Uh, so the new book is uh, currently what's they're doing this year, what's going on, and. As far as getting back into these uh, base characters, you know, these characters that I came up with a long time ago, uh, gosh, it just feels like going home. It's amazing. It's like getting back together with your your best band or something. You know, it's really fun. And yeah, and as you, as you can imagine from what I said earlier, um, I need it. <laughs> I need to do this. Yeah, I mean that's that's the best reason to be doing anything, right? Is the, that burning you? Yeah. To do it. Let me ask uh, because that drives you to do all the cool details and all the little things that that uh, make you happy, and hopefully somebody else likes it too, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, what whose work do you really like in in the comic space that you think maybe doesn't get the attention it should? Um, Steve Hammerker. Uh, he's colored a bunch of my covers and he's an indie guy in his own right. Um, he's, uh, in Ohio, you know, there's a lot of cartoonists in Ohio, aren't there? Yes. Yes. Uh, man, I tell you. And the, um, he has a, uh, his own story that he's been doing in the volume two just came out. It's called Plox, P-L-O-X. And Steve's a gamer. Uh, for fun, and these guys are gamers, and it's but it's more about their personal life. It's just so well told, and Steve's just kind of he's young enough to be in touch with the world, but old enough to write about it. So he's the perfect age to be doing this, and I just thought it was charming. He's got a Kickstarter going right now, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. The second one that always comes to mind is the guy who did Spirit of Wonder, Kenji. Rhoda, something like that. I have it on my bookshelf, uh, sure. but Kid Spirit of Wonder is incredible. I, I think both are. I, I need to go and reach and buy both of those books. Yeah, they're uh, great. You won't, you won't be sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, I find anytime that's one of the reasons why I ask is you know, so, some of it's just to let people know about these great works, but then some of it's selfish in that, like, I'm going to go and buy that book or that TV oh, yeah. show, like, immediately after the interview. This is where I get all my reading stuff is recommendations, yeah. Exactly. Now, I have a couple more questions for you. Uh, the first is that 
if you had to give advice to the people that are watching the YouTube channel or people watching the show about being a creator, what would it be? Um, every single person has a unique way of seeing what just happened. And even though probably 4,000 years ago, every basic plot had been told. So you're not going to get a new plot, but what you are going to get, so don't worry about that. If you want to draw a bank robbery or something or a couple breaking up, do it. Because what you can surprise people with is what the characters do about it. If, if, if we're all, if we always see the characters have the exact same breakup argument, and then you picture one character doing something you've never seen before, saying something you've never heard before, that's what I want to read. That's, that's original. And what comes out of your character's mouths, it, no one can predict but you. So um, if you want to write, you know, a remake of Downton Abbey, go for it. But your characters all are surprising at every turn. Ah, that would be a joy. I would read that. Um, and visually, as a cartoonist, you have that wonderful format of the constant visual. So this is your chance to uh, to give a visual that you've never seen before on screen or in a, on a book. Uh, an example, one thing that I've never seen before that I got to do one time was Kachu, my character, um, was abused by a stepfather. Later on in the book, when she's a mature woman, she goes to his grave um, and she's standing there thinking about the poem she wrote in high school about this mask I wear you gave to me one summer night beneath the trees. Um, we go through that poem that expresses how she feels and then she pulls out a can of spray paint and spray paints rapist over his gravestone then pulls out a, a canister of lighting fluid, squirts it all over the grave, and sets it on fire, and stands there and watches his grave burn. And to me, it's a powerful scene, but the joy in me as a creator is I've never seen it before. I can't think of a movie where I've ever seen that or a book where I've ever seen that. So as a creator, for me, that was a touchdown. You know, I thought I, I finally came up with a scene that's not overdone. <laughs> so I encourage young creators, um, show us things that have never been seen before, that only you imagine or see, and uh, write the scenes your way and surprise us with how your, your dialogues and thoughts and things like that. That's what everybody has that gift inside them. Whether you're doing it with stick figures or beautiful drawings, it doesn't matter. It's, it's about the communication, you know. Uh, my favorite comic is a stick figure comic, you know. Um, you don't have to be Alex Ross to get into comics. You just have to be someone with something to say, you know, to the world. This is Rosie Tran from Rosie and BJ Save the World, a podcast asking big questions and discussing how to solve these big issues. This is a podcast for people just like you who ask, has the war on drugs been successful? Do we need universal basic income? Should we legalize sex work? Go to rosieandbjsavetheworld.com to get more confused.
Do you want to grow your audience without sacrificing your privacy? Then the Stupid Sexy Privacy mini-series is just for you. It's a short, special presentation that will run every Thursday morning right here on Weiwo.tv for the next 23 weeks. In each short episode, we'll teach you how to preserve as much of your privacy as possible while still participating in the creator economy. You'll also hear from top privacy and disinformation experts who will teach you how to protect yourself from fascists and weirdos. And who doesn't want that? So make sure you're subscribed to Weiwo.tv where all podcasts can be found and we'll see you every Thursday morning for a special presentation of Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weiwo.tv miniseries. And uh, the thing I like about comics, the, my career before this was in television and in order to... The thing about television or screen or even a book, is that you have to play it for it to work. And then if you liked it, rewind it. Or if you're offended, rewind it and play it again and get offended again. But when it stops, it's silent. You know, The thing about comics is, if I open the book to this middle spread page, and you find that uh, a joy to your heart, you can leave it open on your desk, and it's a joy all day, every time you even glimpse at it. Or if you find it offensive, it's offensive all day long just because the page is open and you see it. You don't have to rewind it to be offended or, or you know, joyful. So comics have this incredibly powerful visual medium that stays on as long as the book is open. Um, that's incredible. That's a lot of power in the, in the creator's hand. So be careful what images you pick and put into people's minds, you know. Um, it's a real tool. It's a it's a real powerful tool. I like it because it's the mix of novels of the words and screen of the visuals, uh, but it's better than both of them. And you can stay on the outside or do the inner dialogue, whatever. I mean, anything is possible. So here I am, uh, a grown man doing comics uh, because I find it to be the most powerful creative medium I can work in. Something I strongly agree with. You could do anything within those panels. Yeah, and many greats have, you know. Um, I spent 10 issues telling the story of a war survivor with PTSD and her imaginary friend, a gorilla. And then I was lucky enough to, to see that Neil Adams had drawn a uh, pinup of the series, uh, a pinup image for charity. He captured the entire book in one drawing. Everything you know, need to know about the story is in his drawing. <laughs> and that's what those great guys do. I mean, uh, art is so powerful. It's, it's really wonderful. And a lot of world-class illustrators and artists work in this medium. Yes. Yep. Now, tell us again where, where we can find your books, where, where can we find the YouTube channel, and then I'll ask you my, my final question. Um, my YouTube channel is Terry Moore Art which is also my social media handle um, uh, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. It's Terry Moore Art. Um, and there's, a, you know, well over 100 videos on that YouTube thing. But uh, And like, like I said, they're a joy to watch. So I, if, you're oh, thank you. if you're listening <laughs> to this, I, I highly recommend them. And, and Terry, the last thing that I ask all my guests is, 
what is one question that you've never been asked before in an interview, interview that you've always wanted to be asked? Hmm. Radio silence. <laughs> um, the things that um, I'd like to love to talk about are the creative stuff. Uh, and I don't know what a question is, but I have noticed, I may point this out to your listeners, is that um, there's a difference between artists, illustrators, and writer, artist, creators. I've noticed that, you know, like the artists, the pure artists who have great painting ability, these tend to be kind of alpha people or something. I mean, they're very big in life. But the writer creators tend to be more introverted. <clears throat> and those are the ones I'm talking about now is that when you go to a show and you approach somebody like me, um, you know, I'm very introverted and shy. The, I always realize that the, the me that is at the show is not the same me that is, sits at this table and draws. It's not the same person. Um, when I'm out at a show, I'm always like um, on my best behavior be sure to talk. Uh, don't just stare at people like they're on a screen, like, like engage. Because <laughs> <clears throat> I tend to be just, you know, like observing all the time. But when I'm at the studio and I'm drawing and writing, uh, I'm a monk. I mean, I just, I don't talk. It's all internal. And um, it's, I don't know. It, I, it's, it's so Jekyll and Hyde to do that, to go out and, and promote, which is the second half of the job. First you make it, then you promote it. But it's so different than the hat you wear when you come, when you actually make the stuff, you know. So I'm wondering if it's the same way for other people like actors and all that. The actors that we see are in the promotion stage always. And then we see their work. But if you see them behind them, you rarely see them behind the camera where they're preparing for their work, they actually do their work and do it over and work on every little detail and all that. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I was kind of like doing the YouTube videos. It gets into that side of it, you know. Um, that's not a question of anything, but I just, it's one of the things I've always thought, I've never heard anybody else really talk about it. So I thought, well, that would be an interesting thing to put out there. Absolutely. Well, that's our show. And uh, our, our apologies to the band. You know, we kind of just ran out of time. That's kind of the uh, that's the nature of things. It's the, it's the name of the game. Hey, hey, hey. Vaped Crusaders comes out on the 20th of every month. The 20th. You can't smoke that in here. Oh, wait. What day is it now? Do I look like a fucking calendar to you? Hey, man, I don't need all the attitude and stuff you know i don't i don't need it well i don't need your face your vape or your are those air jordan 3 ogs yeah yes those are 4500 sneakers i know they're pretty sweet yeah they are no wait i don't like you don't make me like you i'm not man i'm just out here i'm just trying to relax dude i'm on to you pal you're trying to do some Jedi mindfuck bullshit, and... <laughs> I don't I don't think that's what it's called. I don't think that's the thing. You want to play mind games with me, motherfucker? 
All right, let's dance. Make sure to tune in to Vape Crusaders. New episodes are going to drop every month on the 20th, right here on Weibo.tv. Okay, your middle name is Macho. But uh, I'm wondering if you ever cry. You ever, has a Macho Man ever cried? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. It's okay for Macho Men to show every emotion available right there, you know, because I've cried a thousand times, I'm going to cry some more. But... I've soared with the eagles, and I've slithered with the snakes, and I've been everywhere in between. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's one guarantee in life, and that there are no guarantees. Yeah. And I understand this. (laughs) Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody said life was easy. So if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up, and fight again. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, please take a minute and leave us a review. Yes, we know you're busy and every podcast asks you to do this, but there's a good reason they do. Because every time you leave a review, that review helps more people find and listen to the show. And you know what that means for you? More great episodes of Weiwo.tv. So what are you waiting for? Take out your phone and leave us a review right now before you move on to something else and forget about us. And we'll see you next time, right?